Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about when you are ready to expand your pool service business. This generally can mean a few things. You're expanding the services you provide, or you're expanding by bringing an employee on board. So you can do it in different ways, and I'll go over some of the pros and cons of each way, and also when to know when you're ready to expand your business. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. The first thing I advise is that you have some written plan of your expansion and what you're going to do, how you're going to expand. And if it's even feasible for you to expand your business or you want to move into something else and do the pool service as well. So let me touch on the first point that I think is important when you're doing your expansion plan. Do you want to build a pool service empire or do you want to continue doing your service as a single polar and then expand in other avenues, maybe another business opportunity that's not quite hands-on or real estate? or something in the passive realm that you really want to expand into. So you don't have to always expand into building up your pool service route, bringing on an employee, and doing more things. You can expand, of course, into another investment avenue. It doesn't occupy your full-time schedule. For example, I have uh, multiple rental properties, and it doesn't take up a lot of my time. Yes, when there's a problem, I'm sending someone out there to fix it. Or if there's a vacancy, I'm filling it. If I'm looking at a property that I'm going to purchase, it takes some time to do all of that. But it's not a full-time job, and I can still do the pool stuff and do this at the same time. And one reason why I prefer to expand into a different industry like real estate versus building up a pool business and bringing on an employee is because I kind of naturally gravitate towards real estate. You know, I like real estate. I like the investing part of it. And To be honest with you, I'm looking forward to the passive income in the future, which is the rent that I get from the rental units once everything is paid off. And I also enjoy the tax benefits, being able to depreciate the value of the house on my taxes, all the expenses. So there is a benefit in some cases to expand, take the money you're making from your service and do it in a different industry. I know a pool service pro that has two coin laundry facilities He doesn't really do anything. He has someone that goes in there and manages the machines. He has someone that goes in there to pick up the coins. And he just basically owns these two coin laundries and manages, you know, problems, of course, if they need a new machine or something like that. And then he just manages them kind of offhand, does not really go there very often. On some occasions, he may have to go in there. But in most cases, he's just operating these coin laundry and they're just running by themselves. And that's kind of how he expands. He's still a single polar, and he likes having this particular business on the side. 
And so again, part of your expansion plan should be, are you going to continue in the pool industry and build that up? Or are you going to diversify into another industry that's, again, not a full-time job? You don't want to go into like a restaurant where you have to be there 40 hours. It's just not going to be logical because you're doing your pool route and you don't want it to interfere with what you're doing in that business. So you have to pick something that's, again, more passive and not full-time. Now, if you are ready to expand into the pool service industry and you want to build up your business by bringing out an employee, the question that you have to ask yourself is, are you ready for an employee? Can you deal with an employee? Is that your personality? And I think that's really key because if you've never had an employee before and you take one on and you can't handle that employee, then you're going to have nothing but headaches and problems. I had one of my members of my group, he was expanding and he took on an employee And he realized right away that he's not the kind of person that can manage an employee. It's one of those things where his personality kind of clashed with being a boss. He was more of a hands-on kind of person. And so whenever the employee made a mistake or was doing something that was kind of irritating, he would overreact and he would just, you know, go overboard with the discipline, with corrections. And the employee didn't last very long in that case. So Again, what I mean by handling an employee, can you work with somebody? Because you're really in a partnership of sorts with your employee. They're working for you, but you have to, of course, treat them in a way that they're going to want to remain working for you. And that's a key, I think, that people miss is that they think an employee is just someone that's working for them, which is true. But in this particular business, they're actually holding on to your assets at the same time they're working for you. The pool on The pools on your pool route are an asset, each one is worth about 10 or 12 times the monthly income. And so if the employee loses one of these, they lose one of your assets. And so it's more a partnership than anything. In my opinion, they're like your silent partner out there working. They're not getting the profits from the business, you're paying them. But at the same time, you want them to maintain your asset, which is the service account they're servicing. And so this is a balancing act that you have to be able to perform And if you can't perform this balancing act, then you are not ready for an employee at this point for your pool service business. The second aspect of this is, are you big enough to bring on an employee? And here's where it gets kind of tough because sometimes you have someone they want to bring on, but they need really 70 or 80 accounts to really be sustained economically. They want a full-time job, and a lot of them aren't willing to come in and do 30 or 40 pools for you, which is considered part-time in the industry. And if you have 90 accounts, you technically can give them 80 of those accounts of service once they kind of build up their reputation and you realize that they're good. But a lot of times when you're starting an employee off, you're starting them off with, you know, 30 or 40 pools a week and they're expecting to get more pools. And if you can't give them more pools in a timely fashion, you may lose that person to someone else who has more pools readily available. So a big hurdle in this industry is bringing on an employee and making them a full-time employee right away. It's a hard thing to do because you're giving up, again, your assets to this employee. And they want, of course, as much work as they can get because they get paid for usually per pool. And they want more pools so they can get more money. Because they're leaving possibly another full-time job and coming over to you for a full-time job. And so this is one of those things where typically if you're going to bring on an employee, you want to bring your route up to about 120 pools. Now, can you do 120 pools a week? You can. I've done 120 pools a week, not for a long period of time, but you just want to maximize the amount of pools you get before you bring that employee on so that you're able to give them the maximum amount of pools. So get to 100, 110, 
if you can handle 120 for a month or so, get, get yourself to that size. But you want to at least be over the threshold. If you have 80 pools right now, I would say it would be difficult to bring on a full-time employee because they want to do all 80 pools, basically. So if you get to 100, 110, you can bring an employee on and give them 60 or 70 of those, and you can kind of gradually add more to them as you build. So this is kind of one of those things where you're freed up at this point because you have an employee doing the pools, which means that you can go out into the field and bid and land more pools. And this is where you have to really be rapid in your growth at this point. When you bring an employee on and you give them 60 pools or 70 pools and you want to get them to 80, you definitely want to aggressively market yourself to get those pools so that you can give the employee more accounts. So it's one of those things where it's tough because you're doing a lot of extra pools to get to a certain level. If you are bringing on a full-time employee, I'm saying. Now, if you bring on a part-time employee, then you don't have to do all of this. You can just give them 40 pools and then build gradually. But if you bring in a full-time employee on, you're going to want to get as many accounts as possible in the shortest amount of time. And of course, you want to bring the employee on in the summertime when you can have rapid growth. Here in my area, you can average about two or three pools a week if you are advertising and marketing yourself well. And you can build up these pools. So you can give them an extra 30 or 40 pools by the end of summer just by aggressively marketing your business, at least in my service area in Southern California. On the other end of that, you can also buy a partial route. This is a great way to do it. So if you're at 80 accounts and you want to bring an employee on, it does make sense to buy 30 or 40 pools because then you're basically taking over these pools from another pool company. The homeowner doesn't really know you, doesn't know your employee. And so you can easily stick your employee into that situation and give him those 30 or 40 pools you just purchased. Or you can keep those 30 or 40 pools and then give the employee the bulk of the route that you have been maintaining for a while. Most people that buy a partial route will kind of babysit those pools for the first three to six months and then they'll turn them over to the employee. And I think that's a better strategy. Unless your employee is, you know, a real rock star and you can take over those accounts and he has a good appearance and he's on time and he doesn't have any problems with dealing with customers, then it's safe to turn him over to the employee if he's been working with you for, you know, six months and you buy a partial route. I'm comfortable with turning those over to someone who's doing a good job. But in most cases, you want to just give him your regular service accounts you've been doing for a while so that he can take those over. Now, here's something that you may not think about, and this is something that's really crucial when you bring on an employee. Are your customers ready for you to bring on that employee? This is a question you have to ask yourself based on how you how you kind of gauge your customers, you interact with them, and hopefully you've had your route for at least two years before you decide to bring on an employee. If you bring them on too early, the customers may push back and they may say, hey, I hired you to do my pool, not some kid, and I really would like you to service the pool. And you may get this pushback even if you've been doing the pools for four or five years. Customers are a little bit leery of you turning the, the pool over to someone else. And it's really not uncommon for them to want you to service it, not the employee. And they may even threaten to cancel pool service on you if you don't take back over their pool. Now, this could be problematic for you, especially if that pool is kind of out of your route that you're still maintaining, or if you're turning the keys over to the employee so you can do repairs and expand your service. Maybe you want to do tile cleaning, or you want to do leak detection, and you want to turn your service accounts over to an employee so you can expand that area or expand your repair. So doing a pool that's kind of out of the way and interrupting your day because the customer doesn't want the employee is a problem. And this may happen, and it has happened before. 
And it's not uncommon, again, for customers to push back when you, when there's a stranger in their backyard. So I think the easiest way to add the employee on is to take him on a ride along with you. And he's also going out with you with, through these customers' pools for maybe about two or three weeks, meeting the customers. You're still there with him. They see your face. They see him. And then once you turn over the account to the employee, they're usually pretty okay with that because they've seen you both together at the pool and they feel pretty comfortable with the person. It's harder when you just give the employee addresses and he takes over the pools without meeting the customers. I think riding along with the employee for at least three weeks, maybe a month, is the best way to transition your customers into the fact you're bringing an employee back to the backyard at least two weeks with the employee and try to meet the customer out there so that they can get to know them and meet them and explain to them that you're expanding. Your, you have too many accounts and you decided to bring someone on to help you. And basically that's how you get away with explaining that you're expanding without letting them kind of know that, you know, you're bringing this employee on because you're growing your business. I don't know if that works as effectively as that you're getting too big to do everything yourself and you're bringing someone on to help you. That seems a little bit more of a politically correct way of saying it to the customers. And now once you've turned that pool over to the employee, now you're kind of, you know, not sleeping well at night and you're kind of worried about everything and it's perfectly normal because again he's in charge of a pretty big asset and if the customer starts complaining about the employee you're going to have to step back in and take over the pool which you don't want to do and that's why you have the employee in the first place so it's a very delicate balancing act bringing the employee in there giving him a certain amount of accounts and also making sure he's accountable to the service accounts that you're giving him and you have to be really ready for this because if you're the kind of person that's kind of a control freak and want you know you want hands-on all the time then there's a problem there because you don't have control of that pool anymore. You've given it to the employee and whatever happens, happens at that point and you can't control it. And so you have to have that personality where you can kind of let go and just see what happens. I think if you don't have that kind of personality, then you're probably not ready for an employee. Now your personality can change over time based on the need. And I've seen this happen. It's just like when you're yelling at your kids and then someone calls you, like you're just, just yelling at them and then the phone rings and then someone like a friend and you're like, Oh, hi, how you doing? You can change your tone and your whole aspect pretty quickly. So if you get big enough to where you really need to bring someone on, you can kind of change your personality, I think, in certain ways to let them handle those pools and you not being quite the micromanager that you are because you know you have that need for that employee. And so giving him that freedom is something you're going to have to do in order to expand. And I think it makes sense that since you've been doing the pools, you really want to manage him. But there's a certain point where you're going to have to let go and let the employee just handle things on their own. Ever so often, someone will ask me, is it better just to do a tandem on a pool, you know, have you and the employee knock out the pool? And I like the tandem. You go fast on the accounts. You can, you know, split things up. And that's one way to do it if you wanted to bring on an employee and kind of just babysit them at the pool for three or four months. You can just ride tandem to all the accounts and you can really do quite a, a lot of accounts the only problem is if you're doing 25 accounts a day with the employee and they happen to call out sick that day, you're really in a lot of trouble because you can't do 25 accounts by yourself. You're also not really freed up to do bids and to do repairs because you're riding with the employee. So I don't think the tandem works really well if you're going to expand your business and you want to be out there bidding. If you want to be out there, you know, you know, doing other things while the employee is doing the pools. So the tandem is good at the beginning, like I mentioned, they introduce him to the customer. But for long term, I think the employee just needs to have their own truck. 
their own equipment and do the pools and that way you can expand and you can expand either by building up your route to get more accounts to get another employee or you can expand by doing some pools and doing repairs and doing other services so there's all ways to expand your business and bringing on a second employee is a whole other thing another step but just set your business up so that if the employee does call out and you have to cover for them or if there's a problem that it's not a big deal for you to step in and do those pools if you have too many things spinning and then someone calls out or even quits on you, then you're in a world of hurt. And there was a company in Florida that one of my group members told me about that they had an employee quit. They had, you know, 60 pools that he couldn't do because he was really big at that time and he didn't have any way to cover those pools. And so he just sold them to this group member in, in Florida for like really low, like three times the monthly gross because he just needed to get rid of them because they were turning green and was having a big mess with his you know, reputation. And it's one of those things where you don't want to be in that situation where you could lose a portion of your business if something happens to that employee. So again, a lot of balancing act, especially if you're a single polar and you have one employee. But it, obviously it can be done because people do it. It's just one of those things you have to be aware of all the pitfalls there. And the last thing I think that you should be aware of is that if you do have the employee sign a non-compete which means that he's not going to go in there and try to steal your accounts. You want him to sign a paper that says he's not going to solicit your customers. And if he does start his own business, it, it'll be out of your area. Things like that you can put in there. But these non-competes, at least in California, I think in Texas, other states, they're really not enforceable because the non-compete, in order for it to be enforceable, and basically this is America. It's a free country. You can do anything, basically the Wild West of capitalism. But to make this non-compete enforceable, there has to be some kind of money given to the employee to make it have value. So the non-compete has to have a monetary value to it for him to sign it and for it to be legal. So if you give the employee $50,000 and say, I want you to sign this non-compete and you're not going to get accounts or some of my customers, then if you go to court, the judge will be, yes, you gave him 50000 to sign this non-compete. That should be something that he shouldn't be doing. But if you have no value to this non-compete, which means you're not paying anything to the employee to bind them to this non-compete, then it has no legal bearing in court. And so if your employee does take some of your accounts and you decide to take them to court and sue them, whatever reason that would be, it would be kind of crazy. But just know that in court, the judge will be like, this non-compete is not enforceable because it has no monetary value to the person who signed it. So just be aware that you can't have them sign a non-compete, but they're not something that is upholdable in the court of law, at least in California. It may give you a little peace of mind if they sign it so that, that you kind of have like an honor system. They're not going to steal your accounts. But beyond that, there's really nothing you can do to keep the employee from even taking accounts when they quit on you or soliciting the customers for your accounts. So you have to pick your employee carefully and you really have to vent them and make sure that they're an honest reliable, and just all around have really good character. If you're looking for other podcasts I recorded, you can find those on my website, swimmingpoollearning.com. On the banner, click on the podcast icon, and then a drop-down menu of other podcasts will appear there. I have over 1,300 podcasts you listen to. If you're interested in the coaching program, you can learn more about my coaching program at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. Real quick. If you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, 
Everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.